0: Welcome to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone Campbell movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now... Here are your co-hosts, Megan Rollins and Kevin Witham.
1: Welcome back to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. We're here for another conversation. Common Grounds Unity is about uh, building unity by having dialogue and discussions within the Stone Campbell Restoration Movement. And last week, we had a very interesting guest who is returning again this week. Uh, Jim Estep is the Vice President of Academics at Central College of the Bible in Moberly, Missouri. And last week, we talked with Dr. Estep about some of the great opportunities uh, that Central Christian College of the Bible affords. And so if you didn't listen to that podcast, I hope you'll go back and listen and learn some things about another great restoration movement, Educational. Uh, institution serving the church. Um, this week, we wanted to have Jim back uh, for another side to his work in ministry in serving the church. Jim, in addition to his work uh, there at the college, is a co-founder of E2, Effective Elders. And this ministry, it has an interesting uh, start. It was born back in 2008 during a coffee break, with three of its co-founders who were uh, teaching graduate students in Eastern Europe. Uh, so uh, these individuals who uh, all uh, serve the body in different ways serve it uniquely as well in this way, and it brought together a great ministry, a great website uh, with some great resources. So, Jim, welcome back, and tell us a little bit about E2
2: and Effective elders, or E2 effective elders, I should say. Thanks for the opportunity. It's great being back. And uh, yeah, 13 years ago, uh, E2 started. Uh, the three of us, uh, Gary Johnson, David Roadcup, and myself, were in Vienna, Austria, or right outside of it, in heiligenkreuz And we were English speaking Americans in a German speaking country, teaching Russian speaking students. (laughs) So the dynamics there uh, are are quite, you know, amazing. Uh, We were at House Edelweiss, which is part of uh, TCM. And uh, we were teaching and you're there for two weeks instructing students and they have coffee breaks throughout the day. And of course, during those times, uh, we like to get together and speak English with one another, and we just started asking questions about the needs of our students. And as we're discussing the needs of our students in Eastern Europe and Central Europe, the question then became, well, what about the needs when we return home? And we started talking about leadership. Well, ministers can go to college and seminary and seminars and read books and, and go to podcasts and could do all kinds of things. But we thought, but in our churches, the elders play such a crucial role in the health of the church. Who's really equipping them to lead? And at that moment, we were just kind of looking at one another. Uh, Gary describes it as the Holy Spirit tapping us and saying, you're it. (laughs) I describe it as a Jericho road moment where we could have just, uh, pointed out the problem on the side of the road and walked on and left it there. Uh, But no, it seemed like the Lord was saying to us, okay, you've, you've recognized the need now. What? So when we returned to the United States, we started meeting in Indianapolis and our goal was to write a book. That was our answer. Uh, We were going to write a book. And, and by the way, Gary Johnson at that time was the, uh, the preaching minister at uh, Indian Creek Christian church. David Roadcup was with uh, uh, TCM uh, and also at Sensei Christian University prior to that. And uh, I was at Lincoln Christian University at that time, uh, teaching on faculty there. And we met and we started working on the book and we realized it's going to be too big. So we were working with College Press out of Joplin, Missouri, and we said, what about four books? And they'd all be small short chapters, reflection questions, exercises at the end of each chapter to help elder teams apply what they learned. And our goal was really just to write these books and and somewhat say we've done our bid for king and country. Um, And I think the Lord had a bigger plan in mind. So we really had to get our attention. And we decided we would do a workshop at the North American in Indianapolis. And I really cannot remember offhand what year it was, but they advertised E2, effective elders, what every elder ought to know. And we had over 300 people show up. Hmm. I mean, there was standing room only. Yes. And this got the attention of, of other church groups, uh, you know, like CDF, etc. Uh, And as time went on, there simply became interest in us developing this ministry more and more and more, and it really was just, um, you know, a basically literally out of the trunk of our cars, out of the garages where we stored our books, uh, a a ministry that was very very uh, underdeveloped. But as the time went on, it beca- it took on a life of its own. We became incorporated. We started having events across the country. We started writing more books, and I'd love to tell you there was this wonderful strategic plan that unfolded, Uh, but honestly, it was just the Lord opening up opportunities, because as we did events, we ran out of things to say, so we would have to write a new event and a new book, and then with a new event and a new book, we'd have people come up and say, well, do you have anything on video? Well, no, we don't have videos. You should have videos. So we've now recorded over 11 hours of video instruction. Uh, We call them E2 talks. So you get a little flash drive, pop it in your computer, show it to your elders, put it up on the screen on a projector. They watch a 15 to 20 minute video, kind of like an E2 talk or a a TED talk. We call it an E2 talk. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you freeze it because there's reflection questions at the end to help you make sense and apply it. Uh, Then we had somebody say, hey, I've got all these books and we've got this website And we've got material we can download from the website. And we've got all these videos. How do you use them in concert with one another? Great idea. So we immediately produced the Elder's Toolbox, which is a full-blown curriculum, 16-week session, if you will, for training elders to lead. And we give ideas if it could be done at a retreat or one lesson a month or special occasions for training. You can use it with people who might be interested in becoming an elder as well as current elders. So we give a guide for how to mix and match all the materials. And there's a facilitator edition and a student edition. Just like in Sunday school, there's the teacher packet and the student packet. And and from there, we have spoken to over 9,500 elders Mm. in our conferences uh, we have written uh, a large number of books, 11 hours of video. We have. Um, we actually now have an office space in Indianapolis at Indian Creek uh, where we have full-time and part-time staff. We have free material on our website, which, by the way, our website is the letter E, the number two, elders.org. So it's E2elders.org. There is free material to be downloaded. There are resources you can get digitally. You can order material from us. We've also we also do things like church coaching, leadership seminars. Uh, I know I'm going to a church in Georgia in June, uh, having done several Zoom meetings with them uh, to coach them through a question they have. Uh, I've been doing some coaching with a church here in, in Missouri who was going through a little bit of a rough patch. So we do a lot of church coaching, elder training, elder coaching. Uh, we also have what we call partner churches who recognize our ministry and essentially treat us like a missionary and put us on their their, their routine giving to support our ministry so that we can you know reach out to others who maybe can't afford to have us come in. But the bottom line is simply this. E2 exists to equip elders to lead. And we have books, uh, a blog, a podcast, videos, a website with downloadable material, curriculum, and we are continuing to expand the team and expand what we're working on. And so uh, even what we have in the works, our new resources at all times, it started with three people. We brought on some uh, office assistants, and uh, assistance and help uh, for the organization. And then we brought on four additional speakers who are E2 associates and we call it the bench. When you have uh, the four associates and the three founders together, uh, it's, you know, the, the baseball team, it's the bench. And so when a place says, can you come and help? It isn't just the three of us that have started it. We can expand on that and send people who may have a, a skill set or a expertise in an area to help that church more effectively. So we really feel led by the Lord, blessed by him, uh, because every time we saw, okay, we've done it, he opened up another door. Every time we were like, okay, we've got a good pattern here. He seemed to push us in a direction to expand our thinking. Uh, And so now we take a snapshot of E2. It looks totally different than it did 13 years ago with three guys sitting around a picnic table talking about writing a couple of books. Uh, we now have a large number of books, podcasts, videos, curriculum, a website, downloadable material, a team of people producing the material and doing church coaching. And so really, we wanted to be kind of the one-stop shop for elder training. And uh, we've actually been well-received by, you know, every every sector of the Stone Campbell movement. And ironically, even church groups outside the Stone Campbell movement have come to us for input. Can we get your resources, uh, make use of them as they begin to develop elders in their churches?
1: Jim, you, you all have tapped in to a real need. I've been in ministry for 35 plus years myself. I've never been in a church where we haven't asked how can we do better at coaching, uh, training, equipping elders and, and not just potential new elders, but current elders. So mm-hmm. what, what, what a need, I think our listeners are going to hear about this and, and say finally, and boy, what a testimony to, to kind of a mustard seed faith, Yes, you know, three guys sitting across the table and what power can come from a coffee discussion. I think there's an application there for Common Ground Unity. We've been encouraging people in small groups to get together and have coffee. What great fruit that has come from that conversation all those years ago. Let me ask you, why have you stayed devoted to E2, and why are you personally so passionate about it yourself?
2: Well, first off, just recognizing the need in the local church. And, and yes, I'm a, a vice president of academics at Central Christian College of the Bible, I've taught full time in several of our other uh, brotherhood schools and I've taught, you know, elsewhere, uh, you know, in in different areas. The simple fact is we need to bridge the gap between the academy and the congregation. Mm. And and this was one way for me personally to do it, but also we need, we, we recognize the need for elders to be resourced and nobody was doing it. And in fact, occasionally they would say, "Well, there is this one book," and we'd hand an elder a f- five hundred page book to read. Yeah, and, and that's just not a good approach, right? And so, my desire to bring to bear the academic resources in the local church and provide professional grade uh, resources, training opportunities, equipping. Consultation, uh, you know, I, I think that's just critically important. And when I say we're laser focused, everything we do has to do with elders. Uh, we even have a conference called Deacons Strong. And somebody said, "Oh, but those are about—that's about deacons." And it's like, yes, but the focus is how do elders and deacons work together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we have a book on conflict management called Conflict Resolution. And you could go, but Jim, there's dozens of books about church conflict. Yes, but this one focuses on elders and staff in conflict. Mm. And it really talks about uh, half of the book is, you know, why do elder staff teams strive against one another? The other half of the book is how elder staff teams can thrive together. And so we're trying to provide the necessary voice for the local church elder. Our most recent release, by the way, was a book on elders' wives. And by the way, we didn't write it. Uh, we had elders' wives contribute chapters mm. and talk about the ministry of an elder's wife. And Great so once idea. again, we're trying to be as comprehensive, as responsive to the needs that we are, are having. And, uh, and candidly, If your church is going, well, we'd love to talk to somebody about, you know, coming in for a weekend. Uh, I just personally, several weeks ago, went to a church camp in Southern Missouri where one church invited all these other congregations to join them at the church camp. We had 115 elders gathered to talk about what's the role of an elder, what are the marks of a healthy church? And where do volunteers come from and how to really equip and resource that?
1: That, that excites me just to hear that many yes. el- elders in the body coming together, wanting to, to grow in their service to the church. Let's
0: Absolutely. talk about
1: the healthy elder idea a little bit. You wrote sure. The Healthy Elder with David Roadcap and Gary Johnson. Yes. Um, share with us some of your thoughts about. Uh, the vital signs of a healthy elder and healthy elderships.
2: Okay. Yeah. We we actually took a medical metaphor and said, you know, when you go to the doctor, you walk through the door. And the first thing they do before you even see the doctor is they're taking your temperature, your blood pressure, they make you stand on the scale. Sometimes they'll take your height. Maybe they're afraid you're shrinking. Um, You know, they do all these things and the nurse is taking everything down, asking you what's going on. And then the doctor comes in. Well, we were trying to go, what are six marks of a healthy elder? And at the same time, what are six possible conditions an elder team might have? And so, for example, uh, I contributed two chapters to the book. And by the way, once again, as typical with E2, we try to keep the chapters short and readable with reflection questions or some kind of application exercise at the end to help you process what you're reading. Well, for example, I focused on the fact that sometimes uh, elders can simply be nearsighted. All they can see is what's immediate in front of them and they're not doing long range planning. Uh, They're not looking at the church's future two and three and four or five years out. Yeah. Uh, And that lack of long range planning can oftentimes trip up a church. It finds itself in a situation that had it seen it coming. They could have prepared for it, uh, or they could have maximized an opportunity, but they were so myopic, you know, just seeing what was close up. They didn't make full use of the opportunity put before them. So I wrote, for example, a healthy eldership knows to wear its glasses uh, so they can see far off. Yes. And so this is, you know, one of these things of um, a healthy elder team works together. Uh, It actually, by the way, they also follow the prescription. You know, the Lord told us what elders are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Are we really doing it or are we doing what we saw elders do before? Um, I mean, let me me share this. If I, I often do this when I meet with elders, tell me what a job description for an elder is here. And typically I'll get, well, they, they do communion meditations. They, they pass the offering in the communion. We have meetings. And whatever their answer is, sometimes it gets more deep than that. Where did you get that from? Well, that's how the, uh, the elders before us did it. So we're just kind of copying the pattern from before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Without, without a not a whole lot of thought or reflection or assessment, is that what a healthy elder does? When, when E2 studies the book of Acts and elsewhere in the New Testament, but they all can, can come from Acts, what are elders supposed to do? Well, elders are supposed to preach and teach. By the way, these are all going to start with P because, um, you know, after all, I went to school in the 80s, so it all has to start with the same letter. <laughs> That's right. Um,
1: alliteration.
2: Alliteration. But preach <laughs> and teach. Uh, An elder has to set policy. Uh, You know, we don't want elders in the weeds, but they do have to set benchmarks for success. And when I say elders in the weeds, when I see an elder's agenda who's going to discuss the color of carpeting that's going to go in the fellowship hall, I go, why are elders discussing that? Or, you know, how much it costs to mow the yard Mm
0: -hmm. of
2: the church? Why are the elders discussing that? They should set a policy on it, empower a deacon to handle it, and not have to get into literally the weeds. Yeah. Let them handle it. So you're preaching, setting policy. By the way, you're also protecting. Elders protect the flock and from false teachers, from people that would want to do them harm. By the way, elders also provide pastoral care, they're shepherds and they care for the flock. And then finally, they are um, they're prayer warriors. Uh, elders pray, and so when you really look at the Book of Acts, uh, particularly Paul's engagement with the Ephesian elders and the elders in Acts chapter fifteen, uh, once again you see elders preaching and teaching, you know, protecting, mm-hmm. doing pastoral care, uh, praying, and setting policy. And so I'm just going, those are kind of the five big ticket items elders ought to do straight out of the book of Acts. We have a whole document regarding that, uh, fleshing it out even further. But the point is, can you imagine the health of our congregations if elders stuck to doing those five main ticket items instead of having to discuss carpet and grounds and... um, a lot of the minutia that could be handled by deacons or empower the minister, empower the church staff to handle these under their guidance and the church becomes more effective. Great
1: takeaway. Where does, where do the elders go for a job description? Back to scripture. And I love those P's that you put out there. Yes, And by, by the way, that old school alliteration we learned, you know, from preaching years ago, still works. I think I could cite those back to you. Um, yeah. a and great I memory yet, device. Do Gary Johnson <laughs> came
2: up with the five.
1: Yeah, very yeah, good. Gary
2: Johnson came up with the five.
1: You all have at E2 another resource called An Elder's Playbook. Could, yes. could you share one or two
2: of your favorite plays from this book and why they're your favorites? Sure. Yeah, the playbook was an entirely different kind of book. We've always, we've always written books that were like studies. So you want to read six chapters on a healthy elder with discussion questions, great. But the problem was we'd have people call and say, hey, we're, we're going to start a minister search. How do you do that? Well, we didn't want to tell them, watch this video, read that chapter, and download this paper from the website. So instead, alphabetically, just like a football coach's playbook, you would look up, search comma minister. And here's two or three pages on how you could conduct in eight steps a successful minister search, including a list of questions in the end that you could possibly ask uh, a minister and ideas for what you ought to perhaps consider the congregation preparing to do for the minister. Uh, You know, little reminders like when you're, which by one of my favorites is the ministry search because I do interim ministries on occasion. So I'm filling the pulpit while guiding the search team to set up a system, start interviewing, and find the replacement. And so the ministry search item in the playbook is one of the most popular to direct people to. Uh, and, And once again, it reminds them, the candidate coming in has just as many questions of the church as you do for him. You need to give him opportunity to ask questions. And you might want to prepare a packet of information that says you need to know about the community, the schools, the history of the church, um, etc. We give a list of items you could probably put in there. That's just simply informative that says we know you're making a decision, too.
1: Well, how practical. Oh, that's
2: it. That's exactly it. By the way, here's the other one crisis what happens if there's a, a massive public um, massive public event that occurs at your your church something immoral occurs God forbid and all of a sudden the TV cameras are right there with the microphones mm. well here in the playbook <laughs> crisis what to do what not to do statements to make yes and so it's there for a quick resource now by the way we've we've oftentimes said, Every church should just buy one copy to have on hand. But then we got called from a church who said, "Nope, we bought one for each elder. And what we're doing is we're reading through the playbook just to discuss whatever the next play is in light of our church. So as they go through all 52 plays, they're improving their church one play at a time.
1: Boy, those, those two examples that you cite, it just so practical and needed churches find themselves in a search for a minister and they're almost lost at times as to where to start. Right. Churches face a crisis, as you described, totally uh, taken aback. They're in shock. How do we handle this? How do we handle the the media? How do we handle the the sudden spotlight we're under? Boy, those those are great examples. And if there's 50 more like it, uh, that in and of itself, I think is going to be really practical and helpful.
2: Well, in light Um, of one thing we discussed last week, there's even an article in there about restoration movement distinctives. What is it that makes a church a restoration church? Mm. Jim, folks can get
1: this at, at your website, Absolutely. www.e2elders.org. Jim mentioned it right. at the beginning, I wanted to repeat it again. I was on that website earlier this week and saw just so many terrific resources. So I really encourage our uh, listeners Uh, to visit that website, to see the great offerings that are there. I think this, again, uh, meets just such a a real need in our churches where we have a high view of of what Scripture calls elders to in the local body. And, uh, boy, I just express my thanks for what you all offer there. Um, I
2: was going to say, on on the website, the three things you might want to just note are there's a, a tab that says shop. That's for materials you can order from us events simply tell you where we're going to be because for example, between now and January, the E2 team is going to be in seven locations doing events. So you can actually come to a local college or a church that's hosting an event and you can come on board and work with us. Uh, Also there's a contact us. And so if somebody says, well, what if we want one of you to come and visit, um, You'll really visit with our church, do a weekend workshop, follow through with some kind of coaching. How do you get a hold of the team? You go to the contact us.
1: Terrific! I think you're going to see a lot of web traffic at that site. And, I hope uh, so.
2: And I'll be recommending
1: it to some folks. Do you see any barriers? Let's let's kind of bring this back to common ground, unity. Do, do you see any barriers within the streams of the Stone Campbell movement for elders embracing this greater focus on on unity? And what are some ways we can encourage elderships to kind of reach across uh, the divide of the various streams in the movement?
2: Well, we, we've seen all, all streams receptive to what we've done. Uh, in, in fact, what we have said and what we've written seems to be... Um, well, I mean, honestly, when I say well received, now there are occasions where, um, for example, there are some churches that have women elders. Uh, I, we, our, our material, really, and E2's position is that there are male elders, but they still use our material. Uh, there are sometimes people who say, well, your church group isn't exactly like ours. So can we use your material? And we just try to really stick with scripture and the Stone Campbell heritage and the endeavor to, um, to give practical advice that doesn't delve into the differences. And so I would say this, uh, we've never had anybody read the book and say mm. useless in our church situation uh, because of the practical insights that it brings. Uh, not to mention the fact, uh, unlike a lot of authors, we actually put our email addresses in the book. So if you have a question, you can email us. Uh, you know, like if I wrote a chapter in a book and you're going, I need more information on this, oh, you can email great. me and I can follow up. Because for us, it's about relationships. We're not just wanting to write books and do conferences and do videos and be up on stage and do coaching. We're about building relationships with elders and churches that we can then help and continue to resource. Well, Jim, what a
1: blessing it's been to have these conversations Um, to our listeners. uh, Part of our mission on Common Ground Unity is to bring people uh, and and introduce them to the larger uh, family of churches within the Stone Campbell movement, and help you to learn about different resources that are available. Um, and, and if we're sharing together uh, in in ministry and in service and in the resources that are available in, in each of these streams, uh, boy, it's just going to—we're we're blessed more. So Jim has—last uh, la- week we talked about uh, his work uh, with Central Christian College of the Bible, and I want to re-mention the, uh, the website there, which is— um, cccb.edu, and by the way, if you go there and click on Team and look up Jim Estep, there there are some links there to some books, articles, and other things that Jim has done. That'll bless you. So, uh, want to remention Central uh, Christian College of the Bible over in Moberly, Missouri, and then today, E2 Effective Elders. What a blessing this resource can be to churches and to church leaderships. Jim, it's been a real blessing to have you with us. And I hate to bring this to a close. We'd love to have you back to pick your brain more on uh, elders, because I think that's such a Absolutely. great Anytime. need. El- elders are looking for ways to grow and be better equipped. So we hope you'll come back. But I want to close with uh, with one more question. And then anything you want to say to our uh, listening audience, I want you to feel free to say it. But we always close with this. Um since common grounds unity is about sitting down for a cup of coffee and getting to know brothers and sisters from other parts of the movement. If I were to come to Missouri and have a cup of coffee with you, how do you take your coffee?
2: <laughs> I, I take it with, uh, uh, some cream and some equal. Very
1: good. Y- you would fit with quite a few, uh, that have been on this podcast. Um, I'd love to do that sometime. Love to be able to sit down with you, pick your brain more, and have a cup of coffee and just get to know one another better. We need to bring this conversation to a close. Jim, anything else you'd like to say to our listeners before we get away?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest message E2 wants to send to elders is you're not alone. Sometimes elders feel like we're alone. We're in this one congregation. uh, Where do we go for resource? Where can we bounce an idea off? We have an idea, but we don't know if it's going to work. Uh, E2 becomes that friend that you can contact and talk with. And so you're not alone. e 2s here to help in whatever your congregation or your elder team needs. I oh, love that. I, I
1: believe a lot of elders are going to be blessed by that and by learning about this ministry. Well, thank you for being with us. I want to say um, on behalf of uh, our podcast, we look forward to having Megan back uh, next week. We've missed her these two weeks. Join us again. We're going to have another stimulating conversation and discussion about our common ground in the Stone Campbell restoration movement. Look forward to being with you again.
0: Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast with Megan and Kevin. Please check out commongroundunity.org to learn more about who we are. There are plenty of resources and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments. You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.